You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Ballantini here, lucky enough to host once again a Southside Sox postgame podcast. This is number 14. Now, of course, this is West Coast trip. So, you know, you're probably listening to us or watching us or checking this out in the morning. Hey, good morning. It's good times in the White Sox world. I'm lucky enough to be joined on her West Coast White Sox odyssey and a very successful one. It is Elizabeth Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me again and uh, talking with us uh, about Oakland, about this hot White Sox team. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, we have some great adventures um, in Oakland without even knowing what you think about the ballpark. We'll get to that in the second half after the break. But, uh, Elizabeth, your um, your road trip with the White Sox coincided with them, let's see, uh, getting the bats out of cold uh, freeze. Uh, mm-hmm. The offense is back. Uh, pitching remains uh, consistent and seems to be getting better and better. Uh I mean, really, whole road trip and certainly what we've seen in Oakland, two out of three games, enormous offense and even the outburst in game two. Uh, yeah. What have you seen from this team? I mean, I feel like we're putting on a hitting clinic at this point. Uh, every game feels like I almost this is going to sound bad, but I was almost kind of like, wh- who is this team? And this game is kind of boring. It was just running up the score. <laughs> So I was hoping for today to be some sort of happy medium between uh, game one and game two to no avail. So uh, we'll take the win, however it comes. Yeah, the extremes, you'll take the, I mean, given all of what you envisioned (laughs) when you first figured out this trip and thought, okay, what am I going to see in Oakland? Oakland's bad. Am I going to be crushed by the fact that they're not going to be able to beat the A's? So yeah, if you have to choose an extreme, this is, this is definitely the extreme to have chosen. Yeah. Um. 
Elvis Anrus uh, at the top of the order, uh, you know, he's doing it defensively, but uh, offense seems to really be a spark plug to the point where now we're having debates about, you know, what are you doing to Anderson's healthy and all that. But at any rate, I mean, this has really been the guy who has got the team, uh, you know, rolling. It seems like now uh, game after game, he's picked the ideal time to have one of the hottest uh, uh, runs of his career and certainly his hottest run of uh, 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like every game we're either recapping his highlights or talking about him or standing and cheering for him because he's always doing something uh, offensively, whether it's, you know, hitting a home run or giving other guys tips. I saw that in um, a post-game analysis of giving tendencies of different pitchers since he is so familiar with the club. So I think that's definitely helped um, because it feels like our offense is just so hot and everyone is hitting better and better. Yeah, and before we even scoot over to the pitching, one thing that you've been uh, really good about in terms of sort of tweeting ideas out and sharing uh, with Southside Sox staff as well, some of the observations you've been seeing getting to the games, I think generally uh, early observing the team, uh, focusing on the team, not just probably not a lot of, not a ton of attention, even though I'm sure there's a little bit of a, a contingent even in Oakland. Uh, but, you know, the things you've been picking up, the interaction with the team, you know, just generally spirit, but even maybe some of those, you know, one-on-one type of things. What, what have you seen from the team in terms of how they're working together? Uh, you know, I guess mostly in warming up and preparing for a game, but what have you been seeing? Yeah. So I think even the White Sox tweeted out a little clip video saying like they were silly yesterday and that was very evident. So in BP, um, it was um, Latin and uh, Hispanic Heritage Night yesterday at the ballpark. So music was blaring. There was mariachi. There was loud music just playing um, all Latin-based artists. And I mean, you could tell the guys were having fun. They were dancing, goofing around, and it's just light and airy. So I think that makes it easier for them to just kind of do what they do best. And now we're kind of seeing the team that we expected to see earlier on in the season. I'll take it now rather than early on because look at the Yankees. Um, So I feel like everything's just clicking on all cylinders. um, And I think that's evident in terms of, you know, the energy that they're seeing. Everyone's up at the, at the dugout. I mean, granted, there's no um, wall or anything here in Oakland. (laughs) You're just basically on the field. So you have to be paying attention anyways. Um, But I think that's evident. And I think we're getting to see clips of that from what I've seen on social media um, at home as well for the viewers. So I think that's been really great, but it's definitely apparent here. Um, a lot of the Oakland fans are a little bit bitter about Elvis's performance <laughs> because apparently he um, wasn't showing that level of hustle <laughs> when he was here, or at least so I'm told, um, but we love him. So we'll take it. Yeah. I mean, you can't feel too bad when the guy gets cut basically. So they, so, uh, you know, a big contract kicker next year doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't play in for 2023. I mean, you know, I mean, but you know, I guess that doesn't exactly excuse effort, but yeah, Oakland fans, they might be a little bitter, especially, I mean, come on, he's lighting up his, his former team. I mean, this isn't <laughs> like two years later, you know, some delayed revenge tour. This is like, you know, literally yeah. they got him, you know, a matter just weeks ago. And you're right about the stuff in the dugout. I mean, of course, it's easier when the team is winning. Of course, it's easy when the team's winning. The team's winning in blowouts to just sort of get a little party atmosphere going. But, man, this is something that I'm not sure when we saw. I think we probably saw it first week of the season because the White Sox got out gangbusters and had some big games, even with that heartbreaking uh, opening day uh, last-second loss. Uh, but, you know, the – it's been, I mean, so, you know, what is that? That's, that's, that's April for crying out loud. I mean, it has been months since we've seen this kind of excitement, enthusiasm, vibe on the team. It certainly helps when you're like, uh, eliminating your run dif- differential in like a matter of a game. Uh, yeah. you know, that certainly helps, um, you know, the party atmosphere, but 
it does seem like there might be a little bit of burden lifted on these guys. They've been, um, they were anointed the, the champions of the division, uh, before probably the lockout was even decided. Uh, mm-hmm. and we had labor peace, uh, and got out easy. And who knows, maybe a weekend they think, well, okay. Yeah. This might, this might really be this easy. We're six and two, you know, we're, 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 we're beating some pretty good teams. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, stuff sort of rushed up on them. So uh, you can imagine there being just a, a you know, a, a sense of relief. Um, although again, you know, there's, you know, th- there's nothing wrapped up yet and we'll get to that in a second, but let's uh, switch over to the pitching um, real quick here. Lance Lynn coming back, uh, still being a little bit banged up, um, getting out of the gate for his, I guess you'd call it second half. He's had more than just half a season, but uh, getting the first starts on your belt, not terribly effectively. He had some sort of bad luck, I think, uh, particularly with defense. Stuff that he ends up being pretty vocal about when the defense doesn't back him, yeah. uh, but not quite in the Dallas Keiko way. Anyway, uh, this is a guy who's now, he's just, he's nails at this point. I mean, he's really at this, you know, he's really almost, you know, pushing Cease and then Cease is pushing the Cueto. And I mean, we've got at least a big three here with this team that um, could really be scary if the White Sox get into the playoffs. And nobody's saying it. White Sox have been an easy mark all year, but White Sox get there. They're not a team that you're going to want to face. Um, you know, that's a bold thing to say. So I'll just, I'll shut that right down. But just from the pitching staff alone, from this core three, core four of starters, um, you know, this is a, this is a team that's not going to be like, they're not going to be patching together. Shouldn't be patching together with scotch tape when it comes to the rotation, which really is maybe the biggest factor when it comes to postseason. Uh, what do you see? You've seen start after start. Now you're going to see, I think, Coito for maybe the second time tomorrow, but yep. uh, I mean, you've seen them all. Um, this, this team's beginning to done on the mound. Yeah. I think that the consistency and finding the command is there. I mean, with Lance specifically, He's kind of now at that spot where he would have been earlier on in the season had he not been injured. So I think, you know, having the experience that he has, he's known that he's just kind of had to struggle through it. And we're seeing like vintage Lance Lynn where he's dropping F-bombs and getting <laughs> cocky on the mound. We saw it a little bit from Joe Kelly last night. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like seeing that spirit in our pitchers, um, especially when they can keep it under control. Um and same with like Kopech, like I think I've seen a ton of growth in Kopech um, with just the maturity level, like early on, he was getting frustrated and um, taking it out on things in the dugout. And he's kind of, yeah. you know, tempered down and, and realize you can't do that. You're a starting pitcher and we need you. Um, and, and I've referenced this before, but still that level of support of all the starters going out. Um, watching the starter of that game warm up, maybe picking up little tendencies of each other to help each other up. And I think that that's making a difference. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what's going on in the clubhouse, but I feel like those little nuances are making um, a world of difference in terms of execution. Um, And we're seeing pitchers go longer and longer um, in the games too, which is great because while we do have the bullpen, I mean, Bummer's fresh back. Um, crochet has been here with the team going back and forth. Um, so maybe he's giving insights, things of that nature, but, um, I think it's nice to see Jose Ruiz is having had a good outing, um, again. So I think that's building up his confidence, getting in those spots, especially with the run support where we can give time to the bullpen, um, pitchers without having that pressure of, Hey, you're coming in and the bases are loaded. Cause that's been kind of the story for some of them. And that's a difficult spot to be in and then to not have success. Um, it's got to be 
difficult for uh, their confidence level. So I think that all of that is playing into what we're seeing. Um, and hopefully we would, will be able to uh, continue the run support for Johnny Cueto tomorrow. And it's a relief that uh, as the hitting finally picks up, Again, let's not, let's not book, let's not write it in ink yet because it is still just a little burst and, and, and it's been against Oakland, but I mean, you know, let's say this offense is woke up, woken up and and it's, it's a bit back that then the pitching hasn't taken a step back. It could easily be like, okay, well, you know, you get, you somehow let up or you're just, you're just due for some slumping and that hasn't happened when this team is firing, uh, in both aspects there and playing even, let's say average defense, uh, they're, you know, they're going to win this division. Let's face it. Um, uh, but let, <laughs> let's address <laughs> something that we got to address because it's looming. Uh, of course, news broke. Uh, White Sox finally broke their silence. <laughs> Tony LaRusso. It's like he didn't mm-hmm. exist for a week. And now they're back saying, hey, you know, he is going to be part. I mean, uh, of course, they weren't going to be able to avoid it. He was going to be part of this thing going right. on in, in Oakland. So you can't exactly pretend yep. you know, he's not alive. So, okay, they're forced to comment. And so the comment was, yes, he is going to be traveling back to Chicago with the team. He has not been cleared to manage yet. He's going to be part of the ceremony. So let's not get crazy whispers going on. But really not overstating anything, uh, not promising anything. Uh, who knows what's going on uh, in the background, the early reports, maybe a few days ago, or even uh, looking f- uh, toward this uh, trip was, uh, you know, talk of, you know, Tony being ready to come back and stuff, but that was stuff that was all sort of coming from, you know, reporters who have, you know, Tony's ear mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So there wasn't anything coming from the white Sox, and there still really isn't. Um, but I mean, it seems inevitable. Uh, Tony's back. Tony's back maybe as soon as, a Tuesday night in Chicago. Uh, give me an idea what you think the dynamic is going to be, uh, whether or not the White Sox can continue the Cairo momentum with mm-hmm. Tony back at the helm, because that is a, I don't think that's a make-believe issue. That is a real issue. Yeah. Do you think this team uh, has got the momentum now to push through that? So that'll be interesting to see, right? It's obviously going to be awkward. Miguel Cairo is still part of the staff. Um, so how they handle that is going to be really telling. Um, I think that the dynamic based on what we're hearing from players has obviously changed within the clubhouse. I think it was Liam that said today, like they're yelling at each other and making fun of each other and that works and keeps it light and airy. And if they do something dumb, like they're going to get called out. And um, I think especially with the age of a lot of our younger players um, with Romy and Vaughn and Sheets, Um, I think that's probably a helpful environment for them to kind of be able to feel like, oh, crap, I made a mistake and now I'm going to get crap for it and we're just going to move on. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays into it. If it like prohibits any of the success, who's to say, I think that they're going to have to have another type of player meeting or big meeting with Miguel and Tony and everyone obviously behind closed doors. So what will we learn from that? Who knows? Um, But if they continue to play the way that they're playing and the bats are still there, the pitching still there, I mean, they can still continue to go on and, and win. And I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. I think the bigger issue before when Tony was here is that a lot of accountability that was, shown on Tony is maybe not necessarily justifiably. So all on him, a lot of the players weren't performing. Um, We've had lots of conversations at length about that. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see the environment and kind of the vibe and to watch some of the players tomorrow when he's here um, and, and see what that's like. 
And not to dismiss the twins, they seem to be faltering. Uh, Cleveland, as we're recording, Elizabeth seemed very much in control of their game a Saturday night. Uh, so it seems like they're going to remain a game and a half ahead of the White Sox. I mean, this is a team that has uh, undergone s- some serious diversity, uh, adversity. I'm not sure about their diversity. Uh, that's a whole different podcast, but their adversity with their starting pitching in particular and their offense sort of <laughs> went completely flat. Seems to be a little bit back now. Kansas City will do that for any team, but uh, you know, this is a team that seems for real again, not to dismiss Minnesota because it is still a three team race. Uh, but the Cleveland does have the upper hand. They have the tiebreaker or they will likely have the tiebreaker unless the White Sox just destroy them in the remaining games. Um, this is a team that's uh, for real. The White Sox are going to have to go out a- and win it. Um, how, how do you think a- at this point with a, you know, month left, uh, these two teams, uh, size up against one another? Cleveland does have a couple games to make up on the Sox. So they're going to be a little bit busier, maybe a little bit more fatigued. Um, you know, it's it's an early look, but uh, this is a this is a formidable foe. There, there's certainly both of these teams aren't going to roll over to the White Sox just because they got hot on a West Coast trip. Yeah, no, I feel confident, and I was one of those people that hadn't thrown in the towel on the White Sox before. Um, but if they continue to play this way, regardless of who you put in front of them, our pitching is better than the last time we faced the Guardians. Our hitting is un- like out of this world better. So I think that if you put our talent against their talent. Um, plus our veterans and their experience, I think that we come out on top, but it's a matter of what version of the White Sox show up when we play the Guardians. So if they continue to, to keep this mentality, the fun, the light, the airiness, where it, there's not too much pressure on any one player, I think that's the environment that they all thrive in. And then they are able to pick each other up and see the results like we've seen the last couple of days. Now, in case you haven't figured it out and wouldn't blame you if you hadn't, Elizabeth Gonzalez, Southside Sox writer, is in the Bay Area. She has been on this West Coast trip. And, you know, as far as I know, she just went there because of unlimited devotion to the Southside Sox. It had nothing to do with a trip they've been planned for months and months. But we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about uh, Oakland, the ballpark, and uh, maybe even more so uh, some of the fan experiences she's had uh, in Oakland, now with three games under her belt with one still to go. We're going to take a quick break, hang with us, and learn a little bit about the Oakland experience in just a sec. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. White Sox fans, we're back. It is post-game podcast number 14. I'm lucky enough to be joined on site by Elizabeth Gonzalez. Uh, we talked in Seattle, which made a real big impression of you ballpark-wise, uh, and even to some degree, some of the fans you got to meet and sort of sit with and, and hang with. It seems like uh, at least the fan experience has uh, stepped up considerably uh, with your Oakland experience. But uh, let's talk first just about the ballpark itself. Of course, it's a multi-purpose stadium. Football ballpark, a lot of seats, uh, you know, it's just a, which is a weird experience. Uh, maybe not in the, um, the seventies when it was in heavy use and fans mm-hmm. were actually cheering for championships. Uh, but certainly these days it's, it's a different sort of experience. Uh, how's it measure up for you? And, and what are your, uh, you know, initial thoughts about the, uh, Oakland Coliseum experience? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an outlier just by virtue of the age and the magnitude of the ballpark itself. Like it is massive. It's, it's named correctly. It feels feels big. Um, And when you're walking around, it does take a while to get from point A to point B. Um, 
one thing initially aside from the size um, that I noticed is uh, they do allow tailgating here. So that's something um, that we obviously resonates to us on the South side. Um, So that is that um, in terms of like the upkeep and stuff of the park, you can tell that it's aged. Um, There's, it's likely not going to be here much longer, let alone are the A's going to be here? Probably not. Um, So having a lot of conversations with fans about that, they do have a couple of cool areas, um, one in the outfield uh, that's like revamped. It's called the Treehouse. I was there yesterday um, and they had, you know, um, they do like happy hour specials. There's pool tables. There's an open area. You can watch um, uh, the batting practice from there. It, it is in part of it is in the stadium. So you can easily access the the bleachers and things of that nature um, if you want to watch BP. But um, that area is clearly gotten some love. Um, so that was cool. Um, one of the other areas that I thought was cool is if you want to splurge for seats, um, there are equivalent of scout seats are called uh, the diamond level. And one thing that is unique about that is when you go down, you actually share the same hallway as um, the visiting team. So you are, there is just a little divider up. Um, there are signs that say, you know, don't interact with the players or, or what have you. Um, and for the most part, they do a pretty good job of not letting you in that hallway when there is a player walking out. Um, but it is a cool access point to um, the players. There's a there's a gate when you're out by the seats where you can get autographs and things of that nature um, when the players are done with the game or before, just depending on who it is. Um, so I got all the tips and tricks from some of the employees that work there. So that was cool. Um, I did get to high five Luis Robert in the hallway um, <laughs> and then we took our rally. So, um, and that was during game two. So um, that portion was cool. Um, no different than any of the other stadiums. Everyone here is super, super friendly, um, really takes pride in the historic aspect of their club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get the opportunity to meet their PA announcer, Amelia. Um, we got to take a picture today and I chatted with her a little bit longer um, first announcer, uh, first female announcer for yeah. the A's. Um, so she's great. She was giving me all of these little inside t- tips and tricks, um, some things to look forward to tomorrow in terms of the planning of um, the retirement of one of their jerseys, uh, which is why uh, Tony is going to be there. Um, the the per- the player that's getting retired specifically wanted Tony to be there because he was monumental in his uh, career. So um had that to look forward to, but um, the fans that are here want to be there. They care about baseball. And so that's nice. A um, little bit different than some of the other ballparks that I've been to that have more of like a theatrical mm-hmm. entertainment aspect to it. Um, you're there to watch baseball. If yeah. you're here to watch an A's yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. um, so I did like that about it again, super nostalgic. Um, they have these drummers in the outfield. Um, their mm-hmm. hashtag is drum together. So that's kind of cool. Um, but it's definitely old timey, uh, but massive. So it's different mm-hmm. than Wrigley or Fenway. Okay. Follow-ups. Um, was Luis at least high-fiving with his uh, healthy, I believe, right arm and, and not the left? Um, so we were closest that it was left and left. So that's what we went with. Right. Um, but I did see him take BP yesterday. Um, so he was hitting with both hands, it right. appeared, um, on the bat. And then he was fielding some balls in the outfield. Um, and looked pretty good. So hopefully uh, we will see him soon. Um, but yeah, we'll see. 
Okay, I think I saw at least one of your vantage points being perhaps even in or near those scout seats. So you've been uh, high hatting it uh, here in uh, uh, Oakland and, and getting some, getting a pretty good vantage point. You're not like just stuck in the upper deck. You're you're getting yeah. around the park to sort of like uh, to check out all different vistas as well. Yeah, yeah. Today I was in the field box, which is another unique aspect of the park. Um, it's on, on just like it sounds on the field uh, down the first baseline. So um, you get a unique vantage point not only of the field. Um, but also the bullpen for our team um, because it's right along that line. So you watch, um, you know, all of our players go in and out um, depending on who's warming up. You can see if it's been a longer inning, like I mentioned before, Dylan Cease was throwing pitches in between Um, game one. uh, You can see all of that. Um, So it's also a good spot to get autographs. A lot of the players will stop. I saw Tim was signing a bunch today. Vaughn was, um, Aloy Jose over who came came over and signed a little bit after the national anthem for some fans. So um yeah, it's a great vantage point. I mean, listen, I'm not saying I mean I already made the claim. So I mean I guess I have said, but listen, a ballpark tour in Seattle, fist bump Jose Abreu, team takes off. I'm not saying Elizabeth <laughs> Gonzalez should be at every game the rest of the season, but it might not hurt White Sox. Okay, come on now. Hi Sox. <laughs> Uh, we know you're listening. Okay. Uh, now, you know, beyond that, it seems like you've had, um, more, I mean, obviously talking to Amelia, uh, today is, is huge as well, but just in terms of the fan experience, you've, uh, run into some, uh, p- uh, player family members. And then of course you found yourself sort of in the middle of, um, a nice little, um, outreach that I think White Sox fans, um, sort of participated in and, and really pushed in terms of getting a, a particularly, uh, um, struggling, I guess, at the moment, uh, you know, family back to the ballpark to sort of get their, their, their mind off of some things that are going on. You want to uh, catch us up with sort of your, uh, yeah. your, your social media and your, you know, off field experiences. Cause you're, you're really, really every game, you know, it's been, uh, you know, more than one uh, interaction you've had. That's been like, you know, mm-hmm. s- something you would have loved, you know, going in like, wow, if I could just get one of these, it'd be awesome. And now you're getting like handfuls. Yeah. So, uh, this particular interaction was with the urban family. Um, they're from Georgetown, California. So I initially saw their sign, um, talking about how they had evacuated and came to see the Sox on Thursday. So, um, now I have a relationship with, um, the family. Dallas is the mom, Josh is the dad, and then they have three children. Um, so, um, I got to talking to them, um, during the game, I saw their sign. I took a picture of it and just put it out on Twitter to try and maybe get them mentioned on the broadcast. Um, I was told that happened. I obviously was at the game, so I, I couldn't listen. Um, and then I kind of got the idea just, you know, knowing how great our fan base is, is maybe we could get them to another game. Um, so they were not able to go home yet, obviously with everything that's transpiring with the fires, they actually only evacuated, got that mandatory evacuation, um, on Thursday, just a couple hours before they got to the game. So they had voluntarily evacuated by the time they got to, um, the area, it was, um, like actual evacuations. And then by the time they got to the park, there were sheriffs like knocking on their door at home through, they could see through cameras or whatever. Um, so fast forward, um, to the powers at B of social media, um, lots of people generously donated. So, um, you can see on Twitter, I gave everyone a shout out that donated. So appreciate that. Um, thinking that we were just going to buy them tickets, you know, through Wix right. Twitter. Um, 
Um, I did DM a couple people um, that have clout with the White Sox, um, whether it be players or uh, what have you. And lo and behold, White Sox Dave responded. So thank you, Dave. Um, And he um, reached out to uh, Danny Mendek, who was nice enough to get the family tickets. So in addition to getting to go to the game today, they also got uh, a nice donation because everyone still agreed to just give the money to the family. So um, they got to sit in um, that family section today. Um, went and checked in with them and they were actually sitting behind um, a wife of uh, someone on staff. And so they actually have tickets for tomorrow too. Um, so yeah, it's just the the nice deed that keeps on going. And I think maybe they're giving the White Sox a little bit of luck too. So <laughs> we'll take that and hopefully the, the luck goes both ways because as of right now, their house is still standing. So yeah. Some people have lost their homes, but they yeah. have not done so. Yeah, that's really what this is about. They hope, yeah. Hopefully, their 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 home will be safe. Um, and now apparently, you what you're um going to be invited to uh, Thanksgiving at the at the Vons uh, next year or something. <laughs> What's going on with that? <laughs> no, I did get to chat with um his mom and dad uh, on Thursday. Um, she was so cute and wearing his jersey, of course. And I have that picture that uh his baby picture that we had up at the stadium. <laughs> spitting image of still Andrew Vaughn today. And so I jokingly went up to her and asked if that was her baby, knowing full well that it was because I saw her talking to him. So um, yeah, apparently Andrew wanted to be a a bull rider when he was little. So that was the the story behind that picture. So um, lucky for us, he became a baseball player um, and he's doing really well and leading the team in RBIs. So We'll take it. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to be an outfielder, but you know, okay, listen, yeah. you know, yeah. you just take what you get. <laughs> and he'd rather be playing outfield than not playing at all or or playing in Charlotte. So yes, of course. Yeah. Um and so the the uh you know, one thing you did uh point out in our last podcast, you know, talking about the Seattle experience was really um one of the key things for you, uh, maybe less so, you know, amenities or food or fireworks or whatnot, but really uh the the fan experience, uh and you know, more so engaging with other fans, be they, you know, fans of the other team or maybe you know, White Sox fans who are traveling to see the team. Uh, and that seems to have been a, a big plus at both places. And certainly here with, with Oakland, the overall assessment though, with Oakland fans is, uh, is passion and, and folks that you've seen uh, maybe on the White Sox side, you know, it's been just as fulfilling as uh, some of the people you ran into in Seattle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're not going to get any bells and whistles at, in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone understands that coming here. Um, but there's still a nostalgic about it. The people are great. I will say, if I had to do like a subcategory, um, Oakland A's fans have some of the coolest gear I've ever seen. Um, a lot of it is throwbacks, um, just cool like swaggy stuff that I feel like people on the south side would appreciate. Um, so if I was going to give them a subcategory, um, which is not something I usually rank on, their gear is pretty cool. Um, so I like to see all the different styles and how people put it together to come to the park. Um, but yeah, same, same great interactions. The people here are, are great. They know baseball. Um, and they're, they're humble too, especially last night. We came back in one and I was sitting in front of a guy that used to work at the stadium. And so everyone was coming up and saying hi to him mm-hmm. and, um, they were gracious and they're like, you know, we're not going for anything. It's cool. <laughs> they didn't really care um, because we were all going nuts. So, um, yeah, it's been great. What's got to help, too, for White Sox fans, you know, Trev, whether, you know, maybe, you know, you live in Oakland or you're living in uh, San Diego or whatever. So you just want to see your team, right? And they come to town. Oh, my God, I got to see a team. 
Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you're, if you're making a, a more a devoted uh, move like you are, Elizabeth, uh, the fact that the team hasn't been, I mean, first of all, we're White Sox fans. I don't think we get too stuffy. I mean, yeah, I'd love to be in the position to be stuffy. I'd love, I'd love to be a Yankees fan and be able to look <laughs> down my nose like that. But okay, you know, that's just not, never going to happen with the White Sox fans. But the fact that even the season's been such a struggle, I can't imagine there would ever be an issue where, geez, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a patch of fans are going to be like obnoxious or mouthy. Cause it's like, you know, we got nothing to be mouthy about at this point. So I could see how fans would be like, Oh, you know, yeah, it's okay. But you know, also you're not like, ah, you know, you're not, you know, you're not running anybody down. Cause it's like, uh, you yeah. know, we're just sort of happy. We're getting close to first place. You know I mean? We can't yeah. exactly get too, too stuffy about it. Yeah. It was a little chippy in Cleveland. <laughs> understandably so, um, but not here, not here at all. Oh, Cleveland. Yeah, really. You got that, you got that tough one out of the way. First of all, you had to go to Cleveland. Oh, God help you. You had to go to Cleveland. And then, yeah, really. I mean, legit rivalry, uh, neck and neck with the team at a time where, you know, listen, fortunes have turned. I mean, you know, at that time, you know, you're happy to be there, but it's like, Oh, God, am I going to, you know, is there going to be a tombstone at the end of one of these games? Cause, you know, at some (laughs) point, man, they were, there has been some ugly scuffling and, you know, um, the Cairo magic or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. um, so okay, let's uh, let's just look ahead briefly now. Is there any is there any? I mean, we got a month left. Is there any road tripping still in store for you? Is this is this sort of closing the book on your um, your world tour of baseball parks for the year? No, not even close. Okay. Um, uh, Comerica Park this coming weekend. All right. Um, and then the I get to welcome the White Sox to Minnesota. Um, so I will be recapping. I've been there before, but I'll be recapping everything for uh, Target Field. Um, and then at the end of the month, I will go to Petco for the first time. Oh, so nice. Down in nice. San Diego. And there's going to be a big, big group. There's yeah. already a lot of people going and yep. a lot of uh, LA area people heading down as well. So that should be a big turnout for the White Sox. It'll be good. Our spirit captain, Ashley Sanders, just moved out there. She's going to be there, I believe, for the whole series. So, uh, that's, oh, that's great. going to be, that's going to be a, a must meet for you, Elizabeth, because between yeah. the two of you, the energy will be off <laughs> the charts. Uh, Comerica, nice park. I, I would say probably, I think I would say I like it better than Cleveland, which, you know, to you, that might be, wow, that's not, a, that's not, that's, that's some faint praise, but it's a, it's a pretty solid park. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, I think, I think you'll enjoy that one, but, uh, and Petco close to the top for me, real, you know, I love those. I love those. And as we've already discussed, I love those intimate parks, the mm-hmm. ones that seem even a little bit too small, seem, seem, they got quirks, you know, every park, even the White Sox decided to build in some quirks when they, <laughs> they didn't do it to begin with, but you know, they took the, uh, they took the weird UFO dome off the top and, you know, and then they, they actually, you know, gave it a little bit of a uh, flair, even though it was one of the last sort of cookie cutterish parks built. Um, all right. Well, so essentially the answer is Brett, be quiet. Quit, quit suggesting I'm not going to every park because I'm basically going everywhere the White Sox are going, uh, for the rest of the year. All right. I've, yeah, I've you're got, not I've alone. written it down. The amount of suggestions and begs and pleading I've gotten from Twitter. <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been fun, but no, it's, it has nothing to do with me. It's all them. <laughs> and you, yes, and you, but you have caught them at really the perfect time. I mean, not that you're going to feel bad about getting to see ballparks for the first time or getting to do, yeah. this, you know, this, uh, you know, this fun experiment and adventure, you know, no matter what, you could be right now rooting for the Oakland A's, a team that's, you know, really 
really down and still enjoyed the experience of seeing all these parks. But boy, the yeah. fact that it's coinciding with the White Sox playing their best baseball of the year and actually feeling like there's some hope and optimism for the rest of the season, there being actually legitimate October baseball beyond uh, the Minnesota series, uh, you know, it's got to just, that's, that's, that's a cherry on top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we, are going to have ballpark reviews. We're going to have probably more, we're probably going to be doing some podcast. Let's face it. It, may, the, it might be a bigger group in San Diego, but I mean, we'll be doing some, some mm-hmm. uh, podcasting, hopefully on the road with you uh, as this month uh, goes on uh, Elizabeth, but thanks for checking in again, giving us a little mini review, giving all this cool uh, inside information, including, you know, sort of interacting with, you know, be it fans or, uh, you know, ball, or, you know, whoever you're high-fiving, you know, or you know, fist bumping <laughs> ballpark tours, et cetera. Um, no, it's been great. It's this fun little insight. And, you know, even for people who have, you know, been to the parks or maybe, you know, went, you know, years ago, it's fun to get a little fresh insight, you know, including myself because mm-hmm. I've been to all these you've been to, but uh, you know, didn't necessarily have these experiences either. Certainly did not start fundraising or reaching out to players. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty cool adventure. I mean, that's certainly a, a whole like sidebar to what would normally be just a, you know, a normal, fun, entertaining ballpark diary. But you got this whole sidebar where it's like, yeah, I'm talking to this person, baby pictures, you know, fundraising. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So uh, uh, well done. You represent us very well. And uh, it's great that you're sharing some of this uh, with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Go Sox. All right. We're going to do this again, uh, you know, at some point, you know, at, at yeah. some point we're going to do a post-game podcast without Elizabeth as a centerpiece, but I don't know when it's going to be. I mean, you know, don't press me here. These have been great, uh, but uh, we will do more. And of course we will have a Southside Sox podcast proper at the end of the uh, at the end of the road trip, uh, Elizabeth, I don't know, she might be like traveling or something, finally getting, uh, uh back home at that time, but, uh, we'll be doing that uh, for you real soon. So we'll be having a lot of podcast activity, including all the coverage you're used to getting. So, uh, you know, again, without you out there reading, writing and, uh, uh, listening, uh, we're not here. So, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks for taking a little bit of time out, uh, during the road trip. Uh, let's. Let's finish this up right on uh, a Sunday with a win. Uh, come back with some, uh, get back to Minnesota with some, some White Sox pride. And oh, yeah. what would it be a uh, six and one road trip? Or is that what we're angling for? I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Six out of yep. seven. So let's do it. Let's get it done. You know, you've done a great job so far. There's no mm-hmm. loss here, but let's do it the right Very way. Open. Make it six yeah. out of seven for sure. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Elizabeth. And uh, hey, we'll be doing one of these again real soon. Sounds good.